following program is pre-recorded. Live from the Hope Center in Plano, Texas, this is Hope in the Night. Late night talk radio offering biblical hope and practical help. And on the air now for over 25 years. I'm Jeff Oliver here with author and speaker June Hunt. June, we talk to people many times about forgiveness, which is a different thing from reconciliation. And I think ultimately what we would like to have, uh, I've even seen it in my own life, is reconciliation with people in our life. But there's a a distinction, there's a difference also between what is called uh, mediation and reconciliation. What, What are the differences there? I have found that there can be two people who are not doing well in their relationship. And sometimes I will ask, is there someone that the person you're wanting to have reconciliation with, um, someone that is respected by that other person that you also respect, what I'm looking for is if when there's a conflict, um, sometimes it's hard for the two to um, to hear each other, or or perhaps the problem is just on one person's part, but it's not happening. So mediation is the intervention of one person between like two conflicting persons, two conflicting parties. But the objective is to promote reconciliation. And um, from, a, from a biblical standpoint, um, it's interesting uh, there's an interesting scripture, 1 Timothy 2, 5. There is one God and one mediator between God and mankind, the man Jesus Christ. So our mediator uh, to sometimes reconcile us to God is uh, the mediator is Jesus and, and and you find that I, I just have often found that a very that a to be a very interesting word for Jesus. But um, candidly, there are different kinds of of mediators, different types of mediator mediators. Um, for example, a personal mediator could be a friend or a family member who authentically cares for both individuals and relies on the the Spirit of God to help clarify uh, communication and and reveal truth. And I I believe that it is... um, Sometimes I've been called to be a mediator... I remember, um, I believe my, I I think this is right, my mother's secretary years ago um, 
called me and said, June, we've got a problem. And uh, I said, what, what's happening? And my sister said, I'm never going to come back to Dallas and be with mom. Now, that was just out of the, I mean, uh, my, my sister, four years younger, um, what happened was she was going to bring, she was going to come visit my mom with, but it was primarily with her, her children from New York at the time. And then mother was asked for the first time by my brother, could, you know, would she like to do something with my, um, with his wife, my sister-in-law, and and I think also with my brother. And so mother, knowing it was the very first time, said, oh, she would love to. And I think it was gonna, she was going to be gone for five days. Well, all of it, now, so my sister took it very personally as, as rejection, even though I was stunned because she, she had been so many times at mom's house. She would bring the kids. Mother was a wonderful grandmother, and she did a great job. But all of a sudden now, she's saying she's not going to come back ever. And so I remember I called by my mom's uh, assistant. Would you, can you intervene? So I go to mom, and I said, Mom, we have a situation here. And I explained what the deal was. And mother said, oh, I had no idea she would take it personally. And so I got my sister in the backyard, my backyard, and I mediated um, mom and one of my sisters. And um, I said, mom, don't defend. Just say, oh, I'm sorry. I." I understand that that was hurtful. Anyway, so it all worked out, and that mother was perfect in her response, and really sorrowful that. Anyway, so so, in other words, I said there are types. There's a personal mediator, a professional, a scientific, and a spiritual. What does the Bible say about anxiety, abuse, or grief? Does the Bible really say anything about addiction, boundaries, or dealing with difficult people? As June Hunt has often said, there really are biblical solutions to all of life's struggles. We are excited to let you know about the newest and most comprehensive resource from June Hunt and the Ministry of Hope for the Heart, the Care and Counsel Library. Developed over a span of 35 years with the help of pastors, counselors, and ministry leaders, the Care and Counsel Library is a 50-topic, 10-volume set of books which provide clear answers from God's Word on real-life issues. This is a must-have resource for anyone who wants to grow in biblical wisdom. And right now, you can save 25% when you get the whole set. Check out the Care and Counsel Library today at hopefortheheart.org ccl. That's hopefortheheart.org ccl. No matter what you're facing, there's hope. Sometimes it's hard to believe that. When we face challenges at home, work, 
in our family, or maybe a private struggle, it can be hard to see what God is doing. The good news is, you're not alone. If you're facing a difficult life issue, we'd love to help. Give us a call at 1-800-917 to talk with June Hunt on the Hope in the Night broadcast. You can talk with June about any issue, whether it's family, marriage, anxiety, anger, abuse, grief, or just the everyday stress of life. June would love to hear your story and work through it together with God's Word. The Bible says there is surely a future hope for you, and your hope will not be cut off. If you'd like to talk with June, give us a call at 1-800-Night-17. That's 1-800-644-4817. Your story might bless someone else's life. You are listening to Hope in the Night with June Hunt. I'm Jeff Oliver, and we'll get to our caller in just a moment. If you have any questions or any uh, concerns about the topics on the program tonight, if something maybe sparked a thought in your mind, if something piqued your interest there, we'd like to help you with uh, some more information on that. Our customer support team would like to talk with you and see what issues, maybe uh, uh, questions that you have um, about a situation in your life. And they are, are the ones who would like to provide help for you when you need it the most and be able to help answer those questions. So just call them at the number 800-488-HOPE. That's our customer support team. They're available Monday through Friday, 8 to 5 Central Time. They'd be happy to help you with that. Want to recommend one of our Keys for Living. If you'd like to learn more about the topic of reconciliation, Keys for Living called Rebuilding the Broken Relationships. And a customer support can help you get that or whatever is going to be most helpful for you. The number again, 800-488-HOPE. That's 800-488-4673. You can also email them at customersupport at hopefortheheart.org and ask your questions there. Uh, they'll help you order uh, whatever you need to get there. Again, the email address, customersupport at hopefortheheart.org. Well, let's get to our caller for tonight, listening on the BOT Radio Network in Missouri. We welcome tonight Patty. Hello, Patty. Welcome to Hope. Hi, June. How are you? I'm blessed to talk with you. How can I help you? Uh, I guess one of my questions um, or issues that I kind of have is uh, reconciliation with my sister, um, Trying to figure out, uh, I've I've approached this matter several times. To me, nothing means nothing's more important than family, mm. and uh, and we never really been close together. Uh, just based off uh, how we grew up, and uh, even in adulthood, it's kind of kind of hard to, I guess have that relationship with her. Mm-hmm. Is um, she an older uh, sister my, or a younger sister? Uh, so we're 13 months apart. She is older, but okay. I've always taken care of her. So she's kind of been treated by me as the little sister. Um, mm. we, we had a rough upbringing in life mm. and we weren't always together. Um, what happened so in when, childhood? What was rough about your upbringing? And I'm so sorry. Uh, so <clears throat> when we were 
children when we're little, my mom's boyfriend had hurt us. And um, when it mm. finally came to light, uh, I guess a neighbor had called. And um, my mom, the story is that my mom didn't want us anymore. Uh, mm. And so she was going to give us up to the state, but my aunt and uncle actually stepped in because they worked for uh, the government at the time, and they did not want us to go into, I guess, a home. And so they brought us into their home, but it was too much for my aunt to handle handle mentally. Mm -hmm. So uh, one, one day she came in, and she said, I'm sorry, because she already had three kids of her own. And she's mm-hmm. like, I'm sorry, but you guys cannot stay here. I I have to let one of you guys go. And it's me, my sister, and brother. And she told me it was me. So I, I end up going to a foster care. Wow. Um, and these parents, I guess, want... Well, they wanted to adopt me because they became very attached, and my mom still had legal rights. Yes. And she said no. Even and though so, she didn't want you earlier. Yeah. And well, so I ended up hmm. going to a foster home. And and uh, with these foster parents, I guess the state started getting involved with the state counselor because I think my mom was trying to work on getting us back. And that kind of just developed, I guess, a behavioral issue with me um, at six years old, because I guess my mentality at that time was um, when that counselor came to see me at the residence I was living at, uh, she would show me pictures, and she wanted me to draw a picture of my brother and sister, and she, she said, well, your your sister and brother were just sitting at the same spot like 30 minutes ago. And I'm like, so that had a mental uh, disturbance to me. It's like, well, they were here, but I couldn't see them. Mm. And uh, wow, I, I threw it. I remember I threw a tantrum one time, and then that's when I guess the state intervened and then took me to a group home. Mm-hmm. Wow, this is tough. You're just a child, just a child. Yeah. I'm so sorry. It hurt my. It hurts my heart for you. Um. Because it's, as you already said, you said that for your value system, nothing is more important than family. Yet you were separated from your sister and brother. And we're not allowed to be with them. For what? For how long did that take place? I remember my mom getting my brother and sister back, but I don't. I think it was years before she got me back. And uh, the state, I guess, allowed me once a month or every other month to, I guess, have a weekend with them. Oh. Um. And then on the day that my mom was actually supposed to get me back, she didn't come pick me up from the group home. And so I stayed there another two days. Mm. 
and you thought you were going to get to be with her. You were waiting. Yes. Is that right? Oh. This this hurts my heart for you. It really does. Kids need security immensely, and they're dependent on adults. And yet, your mom wasn't... Um, obviously, she was troubled or unstable and didn't recognize the vital role of providing security for all of her, all three of her children. Mm. So, okay, yeah. there, there's my, quite a delay. My sister still kind of suffers from what I call, or what's medically called, uh, Stockholm Syndrome. Okay. Uh, because yes. when my mom got me back, it happened again. So... Mm. Uh, this actually carried on until I was 21. Um, and I finally just left one night and was just the clothes on my back and nothing. And I just left and I had a friend who let me stay at his brother's apartment while he was out of town. Mm -hmm. And when I got a check from work, I just ended up getting an apartment. And so I separated myself from that. Um, and I knew I needed God at that time. Um, and I didn't know how to go about that because when we were raised, we were raised uh, in the basic Catholic home, but not actual practicing Catholics. Uh, okay. Just your typical... Easter or Christmas Catholic. Um, Got it. So mm -hmm. I went. I went to a Catholic church because it was right next to my apartment, and I went in there and said, "Hey, I know I need God. I know I need Jesus. How do I get that?" <laughs> okay. And were you um, were you satisfied? They told me I had to go really? through classes, and okay. mm. <laughs> I want to say about a week later, um, God sent David into my life, and David's my current husband right now, um, and we start talking to one another and start dating, and he invited me to church, and um, my husband kind of always grew up in church, mm -hmm. um, in a Christian home, and I, I feel like God sent him to me. How did you meet him? Um, it's it's funny because um, the night I decided to leave, I met him two months prior to that, but we were hanging out that night, and um, I met him through my sister. Okay. Um, so, yeah. So I actually, so. I, I, I didn't meet him at the greatest of places. Um, okay. met him at a, a bar, but he didn't drink. He just went there to sing, and that was it. And mm. I wasn't there drinking either. I was just there to play pool. <laughs> <laughs> okay, interesting. So you met 
technically at a bar, but neither of you were drinking. He was a singer. Interesting. And you played pool. Well, and yet you said, am I correct? Did, uh, is it through him you came to know it, what it means to have a relationship with God through Christ? Yes. Wow. Okay. Well, God can use any means he wishes to, <laughs> to, to draw you to him. Okay, so, and by the way, you said it was through your sister that you met him. Correct. Is that right? Uh, my sister was dating one of his friends that, uh, long lifetime friends. Okay. Uh, which is weird, because my husband is five years older than I am. And mm -hmm. um, so we kind of always lived within blocks of each other, but never met. Hmm. So God's timing, I feel, is always right. Very interesting. And did your sister like the fact that the two of you married? Um, I, I want to say yes, but then I, in a way, I kind of feel that she doesn't like him um, because he does always um, like to talk to her about God. Um, and I feel that she doesn't like that. Okay. So she doesn't have the spiritual heart that you have. Is that correct? Correct. Okay. And he is seeking to uh, share in hopes that that might uh, draw her to Christ. But right now, that's not where she is. Correct. Okay. And yet, what you started with is you really wanted, you really want reconciliation with your sister. So... That, that's that's wonderful on your part. Um, of course, it takes two to reconcile. Do you ever struggle to believe that God loves you, that He accepts you, forgives you, and sees you as His precious, beloved child? So many people have a distorted picture of God that he is distant, disappointed, or doesn't care about what's going on in our lives. The truth is, God cares about you more than you know. We want to encourage you to check out June Hunt's popular devotional, Seeing Yourself Through God's Eyes. In this 31-day devotional, June Hunt provides compassionate, biblical insight to help you understand and embrace the life-changing identity you have in Christ. Each day provides a biblical truth along with a short reflection and journaling questions to help you see yourself through God's eyes. We give this devotional to every caller on Hope in the Night because it has changed so many lives. Get a copy of June Hunt's devotional for yourself or a loved one at junehunt.org. We would love your prayers here at Hope for the Heart. 
Over and over in God's Word, the Lord encourages us to lift up one another in prayer. We are reminded in 2 Corinthians 1.11, you help us by your prayers. So we want to encourage you to join the prayer team of June Hunt and the Ministry of Hope for the Heart. You can join the Hope for the Heart prayer team at hopefortheheart.org slash pray. When you sign up to join our prayer team, we will send you an email each month to keep you updated with the latest prayer needs of June Hunt and the Ministry of Hope for the Heart. Our prayer team is a great way to stay connected and support June and support the Hope of the Night broadcast. We are so grateful for your prayers and support of our listeners and friends like you who make this ministry possible. You can join our prayer team at hopefortheheart.org slash pray. That's hopefortheheart.org slash pray. And thank you for partnering with us in prayer. You're listening to Hope in the Night. This is a ministry of Hope for the Heart, offering God's truth for today's problems. We're here because of your ongoing prayers and your continued support of this ministry, and we thank you for that. Uh, If you have any questions about tonight's topic or any number of topics, we have over 100 keys for living to help you address your situation, whatever might be going on in your life. There are some questions you have, uh, even as a result of the program, and you might uh, just want to learn more about some of the topics that we address here. You can talk to our customer support team at 800-488-HOPE, and uh, they're available Monday through Friday, 8 to 5 Central Time. would be happy to recommend some resources because, you know, we all face challenges, whether big or small, in our daily lives, and our customer support team is happy to just be a valuable resource for you in these times. So let them help you to do that. I want to recommend one of our keys for living called reconciliation, uh, rebuilding the broken relationships. Also, we have... uh, uh, topic of um, re- reconciliation, uh, rather uh, rejection and abandonment, and it's called uh, Healing the Wounded Heart, and customer support can help you get that resource as well. Check out the website, too, if you'd like a full listing of our resources. It's at uh, hopefortheheart.org slash store. All the keys for living are there, also uh, various books and Bible studies that June has produced over the years, so it's all there at hopefortheheart.org slash store. Let's return to our conversation with Patty. Patty, you have um, described a type of upbringing uh, none of you had in your family. At least I'm not hearing that the three of you kids, your sister, your brother, or you, there there was not what is typically needed, and that is um, security. In fact, we're all created with three inner needs for love, meaning unconditional love, um, love, significance, which is meaning and purpose in life, and um, security. And it's that means a sense of true belonging where you're secure and that wonderful sense of feeling wanted, valued. Um, everyone wants to feel secure. 
But none of you had that, at least as I'm hearing. Is that correct? Yes. And that would be part of a parent's role. If there were two parents, that's what they provide. But obviously, um, when we're growing up, and I grew up in a painful home, and I did not feel secure at all um, for different for different reasons. But the point is, I'm hearing that uh, you would like to be reconciled with your sister, who is older, yet you've kind of taken care of her. In what way have you taken care of her? Um, so when I was 16... Um we went to high school together, and I ended up getting kicked out of the high school. And so I would work overnight and take my sister to school, uh, and I'll go to GED classes. And at this time, my mom's no longer in the picture. Um, and it's my mom's friend who's been hurting us, who has us call him dad, um, Mm. And I, I'm like acting as the mother, and uh, I pick mm. up my sister from school. I bring her home, or I take her to 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 work. I will set her doctor's appointment, um, and I, I just ensured every day because she kept wanting to drop out of high school when she was a junior and a senior. And I just I would not allow that, and I kept saying it. We have to do better. We have to get out of our situation. Um, and I will just continue to be that role for my sister because it wasn't You there. are amazing. You are amazing. I, I, uh, I don't think I've ever heard this scenario. I've heard a lot of scenarios, but I respect you. I mean, I... No, you said you were kicked out of school, but you were determined to help your sister stay in school, even at times when she didn't want to be um, doing what she needed to do. And I, I, I'm clear, uh, you, you took a type of mother role, but your mom wasn't there. Where, where, what happened to your mom at that point? Where was she? Um, so there was a lot of blame. Um, so I, ne I never really blame my mom because she has the mentality of a child. Um, mm. She has the education of a fifth grader. Um, in, in a way, I feel that my mom cannot decipher completely okay. right from wrong. Um, and so my mom will always... She was always tentative to her boyfriend, and mm. if if we were there, we're, we could be a problem or in the way. And so she, in a way, kind of signed her rights to this man mm. who she did not have a relationship with, uh, that she was only friends with through co-workers at work, um, mm -hmm. To, to enroll us into school and to take care of us and to provide for us. So my mom did not even live with us. Um, I think it was after the fifth grade. 
because I got kicked out of school in the fifth grade as well. And um, I ended up having to go. We moved to Texas, and we lived there for a year. And then we came back. Um, and I think a lot, I have a lot of resentment for my sister, even subconsciously, uh, through her subconscious, because she actually had two children with this guy. And um, David, when I was 21, and me and David started dating, that's when he found out, and then he was my rock. Like, he was like, no, you got to do something about this. And... Uh, he helped open my eyes to see, like, I, I knew it was wrong, but I wasn't 100% convinced, like, I need to do something about it. Um, and my sister had my niece at the time, and my niece was a little over three years old because I raised my sister's daughter up until that point because um, my sister did not have the mentality to raise a child or even function. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, so I, I start calling the guy's family down in Texas. I'm like, Hey, you can't allow him to be with her. He don't leave this child in the room by himself with her because if he did it to us, he would do it to her. Um, mm-hmm. I called the police, press charges on this guy, um, uh, went, went, went to court, had to testify. And my sister actually testified against me in court mm. and at the, at the time, my mother and grandmother actually um, sat behind him in court for his support opposed to my support. Mm. So I had no support system. And I wouldn't allow my husband to come inside court because I didn't want him to hear um, exactly what, what happened because they make you go into so much detail. Mm. Yeah. You know, uh, listening to you, um, God has used you in an amazing way and has given you insight uh, that obviously your mom has not had. When you mentioned early on, mom's boyfriend hurt us, am I assuming that that Okay, I, I have an assumption. What does that mean? In what way did he hurt you? Yeah, I can clarify. It was sexual abuse. Uh, That's what I thought. For me, yeah. Mm. <clears throat> so, and, and, you know, that is um, actually, at that age, for you, um, early on, that, that, that was against the law. Um. You were a child, and yet um, you have, um, I just want you to know I respect you. Um, You weren't just living for yourself. You were trying to help your sister, who was being uh, consumed by this other man, and there were several children then that came about. Uh, so, uh, help me understand, your heart is that if possible, you want reconciliation 
with your sister. That's what you started with. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. And you said nothing is more important than family, which would tell me your value system. You you want what actually would be in her best interest. She is not a believer. You are. And I'm talking about being an authentic Christian. Um, so knowing her baggage, even though it was uh, very, very painful, there wasn't stability by parents. Um, why do you want, why is this that important that that's the number one thing you started with? Reconciliation. Why? Um, I, I honestly, I just, I, I want to be in her support system, and I know she needs one. Um, and currently, two of her children do not, she does not have custody of, um, and they are living in Texas, and, um, they're being manipulated, uh, they're, they're nibbling their mind into believing that my sister's a bad person and she's not. She is mm-hmm. a good mom. Um, I've seen her interact with her other kids. She she currently has uh, the oldest one right now. Uh, and the oldest one, I believe, was hurt in some type of way as well. Uh, mm-hmm. I just can't point it out okay all right thank you for that explanation the oldest one has some kind of identification issues identification in what way uh she she tells my sister she wants to be addressed as a boy okay not a girl so it's identity, meaning sexual identity, like as in could be trans. Okay. Well, I'm going to communicate with you some things that I needed to do with my sister when I didn't realize what I... If you or a loved one are struggling with a difficult life issue... We want to encourage you to check out the free resources from June Hunt and the ministry of Hope for the Heart. At hopefortheheart.org forward slash free, you'll find over 50 free resources that you can download straight to your phone or computer. Our free PDF resources provide quick answers from God's Word on real-life issues, including anger, abuse, anxiety, family issues, forgiveness, and more. They are absolutely free and easy to access. Many of our listeners have found these to be helpful for overcoming personal challenges, and some have found them to be a useful ministry tool to share with others who need help with a personal struggle like guilt, stress, or worry. Whatever issue you or a loved one are facing, you can find helpful free resources at hopefortheheart.org forward slash free. That's hopefortheheart.org forward slash free.
Are you struggling with a difficult life issue? Maybe it's a family problem, a private struggle, or something in your past you've never resolved. The good news is you're not alone. Sometimes we need to talk things through with someone who will listen to our story and help make sense of what we're experiencing. For more than 20 years on Hope in the Night, June Hunt has listened to thousands of personal stories, heartaches and challenges from people like you, and provided compassionate counsel from God's Word. No matter what the issue is, family, marriage, anxiety, abuse, grief, or just the daily stresses of work and life, June would love to talk with you and share help and hope through God's Word. If you'd like to talk with June on Hope in the Night, give us a call at one 800 917 We'll protect your privacy, and sharing your story might bless someone else's life. Give us a call today at 1-800-917. That's 1-800-644-4817. Welcome back to Hope in the Night with June Hunt. I'm Jeff Oliver, and we want to help you, and we want to help you help others. Our customer support team can be reached at 800-488-HOPE. That's Monday through Friday, 8 to 5 Central Time. They'd like to help you to access the right resources, whatever you might have questions about in your life. They'll uh, do that for you and uh, just really help you in your personal struggles that you might be having. Just talk to them, and uh, they'll help you do that. No one has to struggle alone. Talk to our customer support team at 800-488-HOPE to uh, get some resources into your hands very quickly. They can mail them or they can refer you to our website with some free resources and downloads that are there to help you right away. So just talk to them. Let them know what might be uh, going on in your life. I want to recommend our Keys for Living called Reconciliation, Rebuilding the Broken Relationships. And uh, that is available as you call customer support. Uh, And again, want to mention one other resource called Dysfunctional Family, Making Peace with Your Past. And our customer support can help you get that as well. If you'd like to speak with June about something that's going on in your life and you'd like to to just have that dialogue with her about the questions that you have and uh, to go over some of the details there, find out what God's heart would be on uh, your situation, call us at 800-917. We'll talk to you about being a part of an upcoming program of Hope in the Night. And you'll call, leave a message for us. We'll get back to you to schedule you for an upcoming Hope in the Night. And we can uh, fill you in there in the next couple of uh, days. So we'd like to have you as a part of the program here. Again, 800-917-800-644-4817. Now back to our conversation with Patty. Well, my friend, I respect where you are, what your objective is. Um, You want to be a support. You want to be her support system um, and you're concerned about her two children, I think you're saying, meaning your sister's children, that would be your nieces, um, you said that they really weren't with her. Am, am I correct about that? Um, so uh, the oldest one, at when she was three and I loved, um she kind of gave them to our abuser's sister. And um, the the middle child, uh, she gave him to the abuser's sister when he was an infant um, at like six or eight months. 
I used to come home from work and my sister will be sleeping uh, on the couch and the baby will be in the crib with the poopy diaper and mm. the oldest one will be in the walker with a PP diaper and they're crying and hungry. So mm. I would wake my sister. I'm like, what are you doing? You can't, you can't do this. And, um, we, we had like, uh, apartments where she lived downstairs and I lived upstairs. Mm-hmm. Um, and she just was not in the mental state to take care of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so when I left, uh, she kind of gave the children to our abuser's sister and mm-hmm. the time that I left, she was pregnant with his second child. Now, the middle child is from a relationship that she had with somebody else. Okay. Um, but but those two children, the two youngest ones, she doesn't have. The oldest one did run away, and they mm-hmm. called my sister and it was like, you need to come find your kid. Like, she ran away from home. We don't want to deal mm-hmm. with her anymore. Okay. Sweetheart, how old are you? Uh, 35. Wow. I, I, I just respect you so much. <laughs> you know what I would call this. You've been in survival, survival mode for years. Trying to help your sister survive. Trying to help her children uh, survive. Um, as I said, I really respect you. Um, I know what you said. You want reconciliation with your sister. And yes, uh, it could be that you could offer her stability. I'm going to share something with you that uh, that surprised me. One day, I have I have two sisters, and I have an older brother. But my two sisters, usually, growing up, they were a year apart, and uh, they played together. They, in young adult years, they did a number of uh, things together that were positive, and then. I don't know, I was contacted by one of the sisters. Could you be on a call? We are not doing well together. And uh, it was a coach, uh, a life coach. And I I didn't know what my role would be, but okay, if they need me, that's fine. Well, the coach um, st- Starts and I had not known this coach. Uh, we were, all three were in different cities, and and um, she said, "June, why don't you tell us what it was like growing up?" I thought, "Why is she beginning with me? I'm I'm not. I'm just there to assist." But I I was so surprised. I started telling what it was like. I and somehow. What is, what is classic in dysfunctional families is uh, you don't talk with conflict resolution. Where th- there's not conflict resolution or it's, there's not 
you know, witness um, solving problems in a healthy way if it's a dysfunctional family. Does that make sense to you, what I'm saying? Yes. So now, all of a sudden, I'm here in Dallas. I'm taking this call in my bedroom, and all of a sudden, I'm, I'm just so surprised. I'm the one who's supposed to start. So I start telling hesitantly, but... Uh, and all of a sudden, one of my sisters begins to weep. She said, I had no idea. I, you know, she was, she's a younger sister. She said, I, I, I had no idea you were beaten by Dad. I didn't know that you were sent off to school, boarding school. I thought you wanted to be there. And I'm thinking, wanted to be there? No. But, but I mean, I, it dawned on me. And so when I finished, it was several times, my this that sister called me and she said, June, I'm just so sorry. We abandoned you. I said, no, you didn't. You didn't. Uh, you, you didn't know what was going on. You had no idea. And I kind of orbited by myself. Uh, I, I didn't, uh, you know, and people have different roles in families. And the reason I even mention this to you, and even mention this, uh, I think it's the first time I've told this uh, like this uh, on air, but it dawned on me, and I'm, I'm, what, what I'm thinking, I wonder, if... It could be a, helpful for you to start at the beginning writing out what was it like for you growing up, which could be hugely insightful. Do you think, do you think your sister really knows your story like from your, your perspective? I think she knows uh, some of it, um, but again, like, I don't know everything from her because mm -hmm. whenever I went to her home, she kind of shared some things with me uh, that I didn't know that was happening at the time that we were together, you know? Yeah. Mm hmm Well, see, that's classic when there's a dysfunctional family, and I think... <laughs> There's no question. You grew up in a dysfunctional family. Do you agree with that? Absolutely. Yeah. And I think it's just, it may be. Um, you know, Jesus said, the truth sets you free. And if you don't know the truth, if she doesn't know the truth from your perspective, uh, no, no. She, she doesn't know the truth about you. She could have a distorted view. Um, obviously, you have done many helpful things for her, but I want to encourage you to 
pray about and see if the Lord would lead you to write your story down. That means you start, you could do it like a, initially a timeline where you put a, a line in the middle of a page and go from top to bottom. Uh, basically, at the youngest stage, what was it like for you? Your, your youngest years that you can remember. And you put that age, and then off on the right side of the page, you just write what was going on. What do you remember? And it, this can actually, for some people, be very insightful, be very healing. Because most people actually haven't done that. Or have you written your story out? Uh, I haven't. Uh, David has told me it will be helpful if I do. Uh, he's also told me uh, so many people out there need to hear my story that can mm -hmm. help them. And three weeks ago, um, we actually lost uh, a friend of ours who mm. uh, just was fighting these demons. And I guess he was hurt like that as a child, too. Mm -hmm. um, and he just couldn't take it anymore and took his own life. So, Wow. Well, again, since um, truth sets us free, and it t truth can be highly helpful um, as a result of a number of things recently with my two sisters, we started sharing what it was like. And I am very surprised at some things that I've learned um, having no idea that uh, that uh, even my sisters have gone through or, or what they were feeling and how, how the pain in their hearts. Um, why don't you start with that and just ask God to bring to you, you do your childhood, your young adult, or, or sorry, teenage years, and then as you as a, a young adult, you've got more than double years left. And um, I have some other thoughts about reconciliation if you want us to talk again. We will send our keys for living on reconciliation called Rebuilding the Broken Relationships. We're sending that out to tonight's caller. We do that free of charge because of your generous support of this ministry. If you'd like to give to keep those resources going out and to keep this program on the air, you may do so at hopefortheheart.org slash hope. And we thank you. You may order resources for yourself at 800-488-HOPE anytime Monday through Friday, 8 to 5 Central Time. And our materials and past programs are available at hopefortheheart.org. Also, our program can be found on all major podcast platforms. Until next time, for June Hunt, I'm Jeff Oliver saying you hang on to hope. <laughs>